1: It's Rick Tittle!
2: All right, welcome to another fresh week of sports talk here on Sports Byline USA. I am Rick Tittle. This show is titillating sports with Rick Tittle. And uh, it's great to have you with us wherever you are listening, all over this great land of ours, this land of Romania. And uh, I should say Lauren Contig, also Alaska and Hawaii. What's going on in your sporting world? Matter which side you're on apparently we only have two sides in this country and we're split in half that's fun but wh- however you think politically sports we're all sports fans right if you're not a sports fan you're some kind of freak no I don't think that although I gotta say when I meet people from England and I ask them what their soccer team and they go I never really got into football what talking about you don't like soccer I guess it'd be like coming to America and they go, what NFL team do you support? And you go, I never really got into the NFL. It'd be weird, uh, you freak! Just kidding. Don't point at people and call them freaks unless they choose. That's the thing, like, if people can't help it, whatever whatever they're doing, if they can't help it, they can't help it. But if you choose to put on a purple cowboy hat, you should have people point at you and call you a freak. And you want that to happen, or you wouldn't have put it on, right? (laughs) I'm getting to the bottom of this, Dr. Phil, Dr. Rick. See, Dr. Rick, funny ad campaign. I don't know who it's for, but it's this guy who points out don't help people out at Home Depot or whatever. No idea what that product is. That kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Well, we're here to talk sports. We have a giant Parker basketball star on the other side. We're also going to have the Young Bucks wrestling tag team. They have a new book out. It's called Beat the Hell Out of Everybody. No, actually, it's called Young Bucks. But, have them on, and then we got a couple hours to ruminate over the NFL weekend. How did your team do? Masters is done. Kind of a snoozer, but we'll talk about it. I'm Rick Tudel. Come
3: on back.
4: Charlie's management team is currently a team of one.
3: Yeah, I got, I got a meeting, but uh, you keep up the good work. Can you fix that display for me? Did Steve show up today?
4: It's time to hire. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. The moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined, according to Breezy HR 2019. Visit Indeed.com credit and get a $75 credit for your first job post. Terms and conditions apply.
5: 800-754-4531. Paid for by Airtime Media. The
6: number one gift in this stressful year, relaxation from Homedics. Soothing stress for over 35 years, Homedics is the top home massage products brand with gifts for every aching muscle on your list with free shipping on orders over $50. Holiday supplies won't last, so avoid the rush while you can at H-O-M-E-D-I-C-S dot com. Get the perfectly relaxing, perfectly affordable gift now at hometics.com and major retailers everywhere.
2: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the uh, show. If we get Cheyenne Parker, we'll throw her on the air. But let's just start off with this little golf. The Masters is the biggie. Of course, the Open, as they call it in Britain, is also huge. Uh, The PGA Championship uh, is another thing. But we'll talk about the Masters in just a second. Quite happy to have basketball star Cheyenne Parker on. And uh, she's here to talk about something that we talked about with uh, Al Harrington and uh, also um, Anthony Davis as well. And it's a uh, original documentary that's going to be on BET at ten o'clock Wednesday night. It's called Smoke, Marijuana, and Black America. Cheyenne, welcome to the uh, show. How did you get involved uh, with the project, and uh, what what does this mean to you? When I say smoke marijuana and black america
7: um i got involved um i was someone reached out to me and told me that a documentary was being put together for um just blacks in america that have been wronged for using the substance um whatever it may have been for whether it was for medical reasons whether it was for uh selling regardless of what it was for there's there are so many Black Americans have been um, just a victim of, you know, of the law when it pertains to the substance. Um, and I'm personally not um, against marijuana in any way. It's, 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 it's something that a lot of people benefit from in their own way. So it's just, like, something that I was passionate about already and something that I went through um, in college that really traumatized me just because I needed it to get through school. Like it was, it was a struggle for me to focus and I had my own issues, but, um, I think that's really what gave me the, um, the passion to, to join in and to be a part of it.
2: You know, I think too, the sort of stigma that went with marijuana from the sixties and seventies, that it was just a bunch of stoners getting high and, and being wild, that the medicinal things that we have found from cannabinoids and CBD oil uh, Mm -hmm. and others and finding out that smoking marijuana can help people with glaucoma, we're sort of, and now with all these new states, especially in this last election a week or two ago, making it legal, that marijuana is coming out of, so to speak, the back alley and your mom's basement into more of a a therapeutic process. realm, don't you think?
7: Right. Yeah, I agree. Definitely.
2: Now, your career has been fascinating, by the way. When I think about, mm-hmm. you know, coming into the WNBA, I wanted to ask you, I mean, you played in China, which I think is great, but Wiesla Kanpak in Krakow, Poland. How cool mm-hmm. was it to play there? I know Poland, uh, Krakow was one of those cities that was mostly unheard in World War II, so it still had a lot of that medieval fascination to it. What was that like playing in Poland? Yeah,
7: it was really awesome. Um, it was it was a great experience just to um, be able to visit um, thousand-year-old castles and things that you don't really see in the U.S., things that are just so much older. Um, it was a great experience. I would go back as a regular person, not as a, like, I wouldn't go back um to play um well i would go back to play well, what i mean is i would love to go back as a regular person so that i could get more of an experience as like a tourist because it's hard when you're playing like yeah. it's not enough time to do everything you really wish you really want to do
2: no doubt and then your time with phoenix and and bouchon and now with the uh, Sichuan. Blue Whales, what is this, I mean, of course, with this pandemic, everything is shut down, but what is the state with you, with the Blue Whales right now, and do they want you working out on your own? I mean, how does it work right now?
7: So, I'm actually in France. I play, I'm in France right now playing for a team for France. Um, The Chinese League didn't allow Americans um, in because of, because of everything with COVID. So, this season, it's just only Chinese players. Um, but France Euro league season is still going on just with no fans. And that's where I'm at now. I'm playing for a French team, um, called BLMA.
2: BLMA. Yeah. Wow, that's like black lives matter America. That's
7: I what... know it was so interesting. <laughs> it, it, that's not what it said for, but <laughs> it was quite ironic. That, that was the name of the team. I
2: <laughs> wow. So that's, um, is that of the team in Montpellier?
7: Yes, I'm in Montpellier. Mm-hmm. That's the professional oh, so, women's team.
2: Parlez-vous français?
7: Um, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Very slight. Very slight. <laughs> uh,
2: you, you. You know, what's funny is that um, I, I know it's it's a hardship to be away from home and and um, the privations that come with. You know not being able to speak your native tongue, but when your career's over and you look back at all these amazing places, I mean it's gonna be uh you're really gonna have a lot of cool jerseys to frame up, won't you Cheyenne?
7: yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and truly thank you for that too to have that experience
2: and then uh one final question for you when it comes to this this movie tonight what what would you like? Because obviously the movie wants to portray something to America about smoke marijuana and Black America. What what would you like to get across for the people who watch that movie? What's what's is there a message or two that you mm-hmm. would like people to get?
7: Yes, thank you for asking. Um, I my message would be just that you know, kind of don't judge don't judge what you don't know and Change your perspective. Sometimes when you look at things in a different perspective, like, personally for me, I struggle with ADHD. I struggle with a lot of things mentally, mental depression, anxiety, and it, medically, it helped, it helped me, like, it helped me drastically, you know, and it's, it's not, it's not fair to be, to be criticized or to be judged or to be treated differently because it's something that helps me. You know, it's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a plant. It was it's from the earth, and that's just my that's just my opinion, and my thoughts on it, and that's it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'll say um, bonsoir to you, Cheyenne Parker, calling us. From... Merci
7: beaucoup. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, everybody, make sure to check out Smoke and Black America on BET Wednesday at 10 p.m. Thanks, Cheyenne. Have fun over there.
7: Thank you. Bye.
2: All right. That's Cheyenne Parker. And this movie, by the way, also uh, features uh, Al Harrington, who I had on. He really stressed with me the therapeutic um, properties, if you like, of cannabinoids. And I was telling him, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, that I had Steve Garvey on the show who was pushing CBD oil. And we kind of laughed about it. Like, Most clean-cut guy in the history of sports. (laughs) The guy who, when apparently Don Sutton was calling him Catholic boy, Catholic boy, and then uh, Steve Garvey beat him up in the locker room. I don't care what religion a guy is or if he's even Amish or a Quaker. If a guy was a linebacker at Michigan State and had forearms like Popeye, probably wouldn't want to tease him and pick a fight with him. But uh, Kamala Harris... Uh, Madam Vice President-elect is in this uh, as well. And Ricky Williams, remember Ricky Williams, so great at Texas. And then basically after the Saints, for a while, they're going to smoke weed on the River Ganges and meditate. Then he was up like at Feather River College, and he was living on a creek in Northern California. And then he had some bills to pay, so he went back to the Dolphins. And That was a pretty fascinating subject. All right, open lines on the other side. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports SportsBot. Oh,
8: yeah Ooh. the Big Stuff Who do you think
6: you are? Mr. Big Stuff You're never gonna get my love
9: plus broad spectrum, equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
1: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt.
3: 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851
1: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
2: Well, 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 thank you for that, I think. And uh, welcome back to the show, even though I wrote that in 2002. It's been a while. Um, yeah, let's. I was going to get to the Masters. Let's just wrap up. And I always want to say wrap up golf season, but I do realize that golf season lasts 365 days a year. And in a leap year, golf season lasts 366 days a year. And I remember one time I asked a friend who's a huge golf fan, I go, how come golf doesn't have a season? He goes, yes, it does. I go, it does. He goes, well, you like tennis? Tennis doesn't have a tennis season. I go, yeah, you can actually go from the Australian Open to the US Open. It goes Australian, French, Wimbledon u s, and you kind of say those grand slams is kind of the beginning of the end, and that's not to say that there's not tournaments like Indian Wells and other stuff, but that's basically tennis season. Um, what about golf? He's like, same thing, man. You go really? But aren't people golfing year round? I, I don't know. It's up to, it's up for debate or, or maybe it's not. but <clears throat> the I guess the sad thing for Dustin Johnson, was that there was no crowd. <laughs> he stepped up to the tee yesterday with a four-shot lead, tried to hold on to it, and um, there was a smattering of applause from you know, some other players' wives and a couple of PGA officials uh, right there. But <clears throat> the reason I said it was a snoozer is because there really nobody – was on his heels more or less it wasn't like going to a playoff but on the other hand if you want to talk about a historic record-breaking finish four under 68 in round four that's a 72 hold scoring record of 20 under that is the lowest score to par in the history of the masters also at 20 under Johnson tied the mark for lowest score to par in major championship history. In fact, he had a birdie putt on 18 that he missed that would have broke that record. And, you know, anybody um, nipping at his heels? No. Because second place was Cameron Smith and Sun Jae Im from South Korea. Those guys were both five strokes back. That's the largest margin of victory since Tiger in 97. Now, even I remember Tiger in 97 because he won by 12 strokes. That's more than half a course. It's almost like Tiger played three rounds and four holes and everybody else had to play four full rounds. Anyway, um, DJ, as I call him because we're tight he said, quote, it's a dream come true as a kid, always dreamed about being a Masters champion. It's just hard to talk. It's just incredible, obviously, as you can tell. Now, the cool thing for Tiger fans is that Tiger was there to put the jacket on Dustin Johnson. And so you got another little side of him. And I think that is a really cool tradition. Like if you don't know me, I'm not a big golf fan. I, I, can't watch golf on TV. I feel my life slipping away. I can play video games till 4 a.m. and feel like that's time well spent, but if I watch golf, I feel like I'm slowly bleeding out. But anyway, I appreciate how hard it is cuz I do and I have golfed and it is incredibly hard and frustrating. Um, but that's why I just take it When I golf, I just feel like, hey, we're dropping off the face of the planet for four and a half hours. You're having beers with your friends. You're day drinking, which I never do because it makes me sleepy. And uh, you get to drive around these fun little carts like it's Autopia at Disneyland. That's the fun for me. Bill Burr, I have to say the comedian, he says the thing he hates about golf is that about five or six shots in, there's always one guy who's super mad and depressed because he's not playing well. (laughs) <laughs> it's so true I hate that guy I hate the guy that lines up his shot steps back takes a practice swing looks at the hole takes another practice swing takes a third practice swing Then he, li- I'm like you suck alright you suck just hit it or as Bill Burr said when people go hey I got some new clubs oh are these the clubs this is his quote are these the clubs that are finally going to keep you from getting the ball into the middle of a football field fairway. Oh, that's the problem. It was your clubs. It's not because you suck. <clears throat> I remember a story my old tennis coach in high school told me where he said there was this guy who was a professional player in Peru, and he was like in his 50s, but he was pro for like 20 years. And somebody uh, asked him to imagine all I had was this old beaten up like T.A. Davis wood racket. And he said the guy was amazing with this old wood racket. It's not the equipment. okay? it's not the equipment. Just have fun. Have fun. All right. Back to Johnson. (laughs) A composite 268 couple of 65s on Thursday and Saturday. That, that, that to me is just stupid. How do you get a 65 at the Masters? Just two bogeys over his first 57 holes. And then yesterday, bogeyed five and six. But is that panicky? Well, his lead at that time dropped to a single stroke. So he thought, oh, we're going to have a grandstand finish here. We're going to have a Vandevelt choke job. Yeah, here it is no a birdie on seven a birdie on eight so he makes the turn three strokes up and then uh, has that uh, record-breaking four-day deal and by the way how many bogeys did he have four wow that's pretty good day no no tournament he averaged one a day plus iron One a day, plus the iron's in his bag. So Woods in 97 and actually Jordan Spieth in uh, 2018 held the previous scoring record composite of 18 under. But those two rounds of 65 or lower, no one has ever done that. There's guys who have done a 65 or under, but not two 65s. Are under. And if you want to get into the technical part of it, he hit 60 greens in regulation. That is the most in 35 years. 60 greens. You ever like to get it up on the dance floor? He needs to get up and down. He needs to get up and down. Well, he did a lot. And if you think about last year, you know, the runner-up, so close, He now has his second major win following the U.S. Open four years ago. And then, oh yeah, if you take out the Masters in the PGA Open, he's won 22 other tournaments on the PGA Tour. I'm sure there was a pretty penny in there as well. So, last five Masters, he won this one, was second year before, and the three before that, he was in the top ten. Also, if you think about the last big tournament of the year, uh, he was sixth or better in all the other pandemic-altered uh, tournaments. So I was rooting for John Rahm because of the whole Arizona State thing. Um, a lot of people thought this was where Bryson DeChambeau was really going to step up. Um, I thought it was cool that Tiger Woods didn't drop off the face of the earth and like not make the cut or something, something embarrassing like that um but the other thing about dustin johnson from what i know because as i said i'm not i've interviewed golfers and and i like ricky fowler too because he's been on the show but i don't really know dustin johnson very well but people keep saying that he's incredibly likable now that can be the kiss of death if you want to have a cult of personality or you want people to bow down to you uh but that's not what this guy's about that's not really what any golfer is about I mean, even John Daly didn't be like, hey, come like me because I live in a trailer. There's an old story. I forgot what golfer told me this. That one time Tiger Woods was out like practicing in the rain and John Daly's like, what the hell are you doing? It's raining. And he said, and Tiger told John Daly, if I had your natural talent, I would sit around, drink beer and eat chicken wings. I'm not you. That's what Tiger Woods thought of John Daly's natural talent. And that's how good John Daly was, that he could drink a fifth of scotch and go out there (laughs) and shoot like five under back in the day. All right, that's enough golf for a while. But, you know, as I said, the green jacket is a really, it's a cool little twist on things. It's a cool thing to have. And if you've ever seen that Gary Player uh, episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and He's got it on a mannequin in his house, and I don't know, Larry David, who is obsessed with golf. Pretty good episode if you uh, want to check that out. All right, when we come back, we will have the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick, and um, these two little guys have written a book. It's called Young Bucks Killing the Business from Backyards to the Big Leagues, and they've had about 12 names. They finally settled on the Young Bucks. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byland. Es wird nie was
10: anderes geben, diesem Land habe ich Treue geschworen, bin geboren in der Pfalz. Ich lieb dich nun mal, jeden Berg, jedes Tag,
7: Heimatland, du mein schönes Pfälzerland.
6: The holidays and driving go hand-in-hand, hand, but cold weather and batteries don't. Make sure your vehicle's battery is winter-ready with free testing at Advance Auto Parts. If it needs to be replaced, we have die-hard batteries that are reliable, durable, and powerful enough to get you through every road trip. Plus, we'll even install it free with purchase, no appointment necessary. Advance your auto at Advance Auto Parts and participate
8: in CarQuest locations. Most vehicles, most locations. See store for details
5: Again, that's eight hundred five one six twenty four ninety nine. 516 2499 Paid for by Final Expense Direct.
12: I, uh, I don't like my job and uh, I don't think I'm gonna
5: go anymore.
1: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
2: Hey, 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 what is that all about? Um, I do kind of think that sometimes. All right, well, we will bring on the young bucks. I almost said the young ones. Remember that show with Rick Mayall? Not the only ones. That is another girl, another planet. Remember that song? I used to play that here. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. The state of college football right now is just, well, it's a mess. And I think about Cal, who was going to play Washington, and then that game was called off due to COVID, and then they're going to play Arizona State, and then that game was called off due to COVID. But UCLA's game was called off due to COVID against Utah, So on Friday, Cal was told, you'll go to the Rose Bowl and play UCLA. They had one day to watch film. One day to watch film, and then went out there and lost like 34 to 10 and got crushed. (laughs) It's it's a pretty embarrassing thing right now. But we will get back into that because uh, right now it's our pleasure to welcome to the show the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick. Their new book, Young Bucks, Killing the Business from Backyards to the Big Leagues. Is a must-read. Welcome to the show, guys. Matt, let's start with you. When I say the backyards, what were you doing? Were you jumping off roofs onto ping pong tables? What was the craziest stuff you were doing back then, man?
11: Oh man, you you just nailed it. Uh, we were jumping off roofs. We were when we, we would go to our neighbors' houses and jump off their roofs, and then they would kick us out. So we'd go to a back alley and find an old mattress and have a match out, you know, in the back of our alley, like anywhere we can wrestle, we would do it. And, and we were, my, my mom was always pretty upset, knocking on the window saying, cut it out. And many teeth were broken. Many bones were broken, but that's, that's just what it was. And, uh, eventually, uh, my dad, who's a general contractor, I convinced him to build us our very own wrestling ring when I was 16. Cause they thought that that was a good idea that that, that way they'd be able to watch it and, and make sure <laughs> and manage it, make sure we didn't, we didn't kill each other. And, uh, and so we were, I was a 16 year old boy and my brother, Nick was 12 and we had our very own wrestling ring right out back where we pretty much practiced for eight to 10 hours a day. And that's where we really got good at it.
2: Crazy stuff. And Nick, when I think about like in Nacho Libre as a young boy, he would sit there in church and draw pictures of, you know, uh, luchadors. Was Was that kind of like you guys as well? You weren't. thinking about being baseball or football stars you were thinking about being wrestling stars even at a young age
13: oh yeah for sure Uh, i could recall like maybe every single halloween i was dressed up as either hulk hogan or someone from that era Uh, so it was literally the only thing matt and i ever wanted to do
2: so matt you start off, you make some t-shirts, you go around with some duffel bags and you do the old, I guess, you know, uh, car dealership or drugstore parking lot. How do you go from that to being, as they say, big in Japan? I mean, I guess that's the story you tell in the book, right? Yeah.
11: I, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. It's like, you do these flea market shows or indoor swap meet shows, or you're wrestling at gymnasiums or bars and in front of literally just sometimes 50 to 150 people. And you're, you're really just going out there and trying to get your name out and getting the experience. We were almost like a punk rock indie underground band and going from town to town and just trying to play a hit. And maybe one day the big labels will sign us. You know, that's basically the same thing as the independent wrestling world in Southern California. Um, we so happen to be doing. Uh, a rather a larger show there's probably three or four hundred people there but they they had a lot of the big connections outside into the real world where wrestling's popular and there happened to be a a japanese wrestling uh scout who who watched our act and they liked us and they invited us to japan and in japan wrestling's more of a sport where it's very popular and and we we got out to japan i was a 23 year old uh, a young 23 year old naive kid who'd never really been on an airplane and Nick was about 18 or 19. And that's really where we got our first break, when we went out there for a five-week tour. And we wrestled on a big stage in front of thousands of people. And we got a lot of Internet uh, credibility, and there was a buzz about us. And, and after that trip, people from other organizations out in the, in the Northeast where wrestling really probably started flying us out from Southern California. And people started talking about these kids, the Young Bucks. They said, these guys are pretty good. And that's really where we started to cut our teeth.
2: And by the way, we're speaking with the Young Bucks. Their new book, Young Bucks Killing the Business from Backyards to the Big Leagues, is out tomorrow. Nick, I used to coach football with a guy who wrestled, um, you know, amateur. And, and he said when he would get to the event, they say, You want me to be a good guy or a bad guy? If he was a good guy, he was Earthquake Ferris. If he was a bad guy, he'd put on a uh, luchador mask, and his name was Mr. Muscle. So as you start coming <laughs> up, you have certain agents and certain, you know, show men who are saying, Look, this is your angle. This is your hook. This is going to be your name. Like, how much of that progress did you go through to find, like, the identity that would really hit?
13: Right. Yeah. Oh, for the uh, early parts of our uh, career, we tried to be the baby face or the good guy. Uh, and yet, because we looked so young, uh, hence the name Young Bucks, the uh, the crowd just didn't like it. They didn't accept it. And uh, they would boo us. and. We didn't understand why until, like, we finally were like, you know what, why are we going against what the fans want? Let's try to be bad guys. And uh, once we did that, we got an edge to ourselves, and uh, we got comfortable because it was easier to get the fans to boo us. So uh, we, we liked being bad guys at that point, and it helped. Uh, and we didn't really become good guys again for another ten years. So uh, yeah, but that was the first of our career was playing the
2: bad guy. Now, Matt, I've spoken to a lot of athletes who were told they weren't big enough, and I'm sure you guys got the same thing. It's like wrestlers—that's going to be a gimmick. You guys can't wrestle. I need people who are six foot four. I mean, what did you get a lot of that?
11: Oh yeah, absolutely. In the beginning of our career, in the early 2000s, you know, wrestling was very much the big man business still, where. You'd be a shredded, like you said, six four, two hundred and thirty pound monster, and and there's a lot of talk of, hey, if you're ever going to make it big, you need to get on steroids, and you need to get more muscle mass, and we never believed that. We we felt like if we were good in the ring, it'd be good enough, and, and you know, we're I'm five ten, my brother's five eleven, we're both buck ninety. You know, we're not big guys, but what we do in the ring is big. It's large, and 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 our act is unique. So, yeah. We, we, yeah, sure, we were small, but I think when we got out there, our presence was so large that people forgot we were little, and, and our act became larger than life, and, and, and that's really what, what made us popular, was nobody was really moving the way that we moved, and nobody dressed with the crazy neon tights and the spandex and the long hair. like That was a thing in the 80s of the past. Now, you know in the 2000s, everybody looks like Randy Orton. They're all jacked wearing short tights and have short hair. We looked almost like a throwback to the, to the, your favorite teams from the 80s, you know, And but we were, we were working a more modernized, fast paced, breakneck style where, uh, people compare our act to, to sort of do soleil, you know, it's like, oh, they're doing gymnastics. <laughs> but at the same time, we're, we're putting together this really elaborate fight scene and you've only got one chance, one shot at doing it because there are no multiple takes. And that's truly really what our, what our act is. And in many ways, it's like this beautiful violence.
2: Yeah, I know you guys gotta run, so one last question, Nick. He says breakneck. I mean that's something that when I see your your you guys got a folding steel ladder and you specialize in those super kicks, what what can what is the worst you've ever gotten hurt and, and the worst damage you've ever inflicted on somebody?
13: <laughs> oh man. There's been a lot of broken bones. Uh for me, uh I would say uh I had a real bad concussion, uh early on in my career and matt was scared to death because like for the next two three hours after it happened i just kept asking him why do i have tights on what am i doing here and i <laughs> kept repeating that over and over again so that was probably the scariest moment i've had but you know what we we haven't really injured anyone which is probably what we want to be known for most is being pretty safe in the ring and not harming
2: uh, our opponent. Well, it's great stuff. And wrestling fans, you got to check out the book. It's out tomorrow. Young Bucks Killing the Business from Backyards to the Big Leagues. Had people on social media excited. One of them said that when this is all over, they want you guys to do another West Coast swing. And being Californians like I am, we'll expect to see you guys back out here soon. So congratulations on the book, you guys, and uh, we'll see you in the uh, squared circle. Thank,
14: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it
2: all right good stuff the young bucks everybody one 800 A play uh, just to finish up my point about college football right now <clears throat> with the I look at Arizona State right now because I mentioned Cal Arizona State had a game against USC which they had won and they choked it away and they I have zero sympathy for them because of the way they choked it away and they had to give up a long touchdown and then they had to fumble an onside kick away and then they finally USC scored That might be the only game they play this year with the uh, COVID-19 problems that they're having with their head coach, Herm Edwards, and others. I mean, it's it's a possibility. And the Pac-12 was going to have this truncated seven-game season. And what did we get? Well, Cal, at most, will play five games. And the one against UCLA, as I said, they had one day... Really, if you talk about the travel day, they had one full day to take the look at the film of what the Bruins do. And you could say the Bruins had the same problem, and they did. They had one day to check out Cal. There's no excuses for them losing. My point is, what kind of football are you going to get when teams have one day to prepare for each other? You know, I mean, it's mostly on the defensive side of the ball. You can just say, look, here's our offense, and we're running it. I don't care what you do defensively. You know, maybe your defense is completely geared to stop what we're doing, but at least we have this offense that we run every day in practice, and we're going to do it. Defensively, you can't take that attitude. You can't just say, hey, we're going to run this base 4-6 defense, and then you uh, will stop whatever you throw at us. So, obviously, you're going to throw – good athletes out there and they're going to compete but you know it's just i kind of feel like the pac-12 deep down now when the you know look the pac-12 network is up and running again they're making a little money and that's the bottom line this is why they're doing this but on the face of things i bet you they wish that they had just said i wish we had stayed shut down i mean arizona state The most games they're going to get is five. The most Cal's going to get is five. How do you factor this in? You know, when UCLA tries to get to the playoffs and they're going to brag about how they beat Gal and they'll say, we're not impressed. It is such a mess. And the people I feel most sorry for are the athletes, obviously. But it's just, it's kind of embarrassing. It's just this mad playground scramble. You're you know, that kid's sick and that kid's sick. Well, you guys are both healthy, you play each other. That that actually happened. Oh, and a Sunday morning when the NFL's playing. It's a mess. All right, we'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Bottom.
9: You must be crazy. Use a DOG and if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
2: Uh, a couple minutes left in number hour number one. We got two more. It's all open lines. So we'll get into the NFL weekend and other such things. I just wonder if these college seniors or guys who were in there last year, you don't have to be a senior to not want to play next year. They would say, what happened your senior year? Oh, we played five games. We didn't even start till November because of the COVID. And be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it worth it? I'm sure a lot of them will say, yeah, you know, I got to play. Played in the Rose Bowl. How cool is it to play in the Rose Bowl? I mean, there'll be a lot of cool things about it. But hearing a report today that in Spain and in Germany and in France that more than, 70, more than 70% more than 70 of people who have COVID, they can't find any way, shape, or form about how they got it. And they can point to about 5% that they can say, well, you were in a big group gathering, and what about you? I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. So you just think about the spread of this thing. So if people who are doing things right still are getting it, and you're on a football field with people going, bleh, bleh, every time you hit them. I don't know. I hope. I hope we can all say that these five games, if they get five games in, were worth it. Because right now, it kind of doesn't seem like it. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on byline.
10: Radio News with Lance Pride. Results from Moderna's 30,000 person late stage trials show that the COVID-19 vaccine protected 94.5% of people from getting both mild and severe forms of COVID-19. Another win for President Trump's Operation Warp Speed now has two vaccines ready for FDA approval that could reach millions of Americans by December. The Tesla and SpaceX boss Elon Musk was sidelined from the historic SpaceX launch Sunday night. Mr. Musk tweeted he believes to have a moderate case of COVID-19. After taking four tests, two came back negative, two came back positive. He described it as having the flu. For a vast majority of people, COVID-19 only causes mild illnesses. And in some extremely rare instances, it can make people with pre-existing conditions very ill. The SpaceX launch last night of resilience from Cape Canaveral taxied four astronauts to the ISS was a success. You're listening to USA Radio News.
1: Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time.
9: I had begun to notice after ten days with Balance of Nature, I felt better, more energetic, and believe me, for me that's something because I have energy anyway. But as old as I am, that was really something to start really noticing you know we're all responsible for choosing what our attitudes are but I had a better mental outlook I mean I always try to be positive but there were subtle things in me that I began to notice I just felt a difference with this
1: get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA.
10: According to tax records, Joe Biden's cancer charity spent more than $3 million on salaries and $0 on cancer research and grants during a two-year period. Documents also show Biden Cancer Initiative, founded by Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden and wife Jill. The couple spent nearly $1 million on travel and conference expenses during that time. Former independent counsel Ken Starr on Sunday called legal challenges to the presidential election an important process that should be allowed to play out. In an interview on Fox, Starr said the judicial system is perfectly designed to the process. Starr went on to say, our legal system is designed to check, so let's check it out. A lawsuit was filed on Wednesday. Let's let this process run. Starr also noted lawsuits filed in Michigan and elsewhere. If it is meritorious, it would change over one million votes, he said, of the Michigan suit. USA Radio News is not calling the presidential race until all legal challenges are resolved. USA Radio News. The National Football League had a full slate of games on Sunday. USA Radio News' Dan Araki catches us up.
12: Week 10 in the NFL saw Tom Brady throw for three scores and run for another as Tampa Bay dropped Carolina 46-23. Arizona beat Buffalo 32-30 on a Hail Mary bomb from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins as time expired. The Pittsburgh Steelers moved to 9-0 for the first time in franchise history with a 36-10 win over Cincinnati. The LA Rams sacked Seattle's Russell Wilson six times and picked him off twice en route to a 23-16 win over the Seahawks. New Orleans beat San Francisco 27-13, although they lost quarterback Drew Brees to a rib injury in the first half. And New England held off Baltimore 23-17. In early action, Cleveland beat Houston 10-7, Miami beat the LA Chargers 29-21, The New York Giants topped Philadelphia 27-17, Detroit got by Washington 30-27, Green Bay down Jacksonville 24-20, and Las Vegas rolled Denver 37-12. Week 10 ends Monday night with Chicago hosting Minnesota. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki.
10: Dustin Johnson won the 2020 Masters Golf Tournament at 20-under, five strokes ahead of Australia's Cameron Smith and Sung Jae Im of South Korea.
14: I really drove the ball really well from from there to the house. And obviously, it's a tough day. It's it's always tough to get it done in a major. Um, No matter how good you're playing, it's just, it's hard. I, I was nervous all day.
10: I could feel it. For USA Radio News, I'm Lance Pry.
5: We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt,
2: Welcome back to the show. It's great to have you with us wherever you are listening, and I hope you're doing well. It's uh, everything that's going on right now. (laughs) It's crazy times. We can look back at these times and not going to laugh when we have a deadly virus that's clamping down the whole world. Uh, I don't know. Believe we get through it one way or another. Uh, we're here today, we're talking sports, so get on in and get heard. Take a look at all the NFL games. How is your team doing? Is your team done? I think about how the NFL, it's hard enough to get those games in. You hear about people who have the coronavirus or people just who are in contact with them, like Ben Roethlisberger. And you're gonna lose a star here or there, but for the most part being vigilant, but those are professionals, you know, and they have the type of board and financial wherewithal to you know, do that. But you know, these college guys be living in an apartment with three other dudes. I remember when I played football? My two roommates in my apartment in Lafayette—one was I shared a room with the other one had his own room. Uh, they weren't on the football team, and so you know. It, saturday at 7 a.m i would be leaving and those guys would be passed out from drinking i was just thinking about like i live with those guys now and i was on the team and they weren't that i was you know some saint but like how do you keep a college football team from not i don't know it's just it's too hard when you have a hundred guys they're trying all right Big shout out to our brave men and women listening, both home and abroad, on American Forces Radio Network. It's such a pleasure to be on AFN. I'm a fan of our. Military state. If you come home soon. We're proud of you. On the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, and the Stitcher app, we're also on SportsByline.com as we stream along. Click Listen Live. If you'd like to write me an email, it's Rick at SportsByline.com run it the social media route sports with rick Tittle is the facebook page where you can post a verb and respond to it. you can also say on twitter at so we got open lines for two hours it's a good time for you to chime in monday morning quarterbacks
6: the number one gift in this stressful year, relaxation from Home Edics. Soothing stress for over 35 years, Home Edics is the top home massage products brand with gifts for every aching muscle on your list with free shipping on orders over $50. Holiday supplies won't last, so avoid the rush while you can at HOMEDICS.com. dot com. Get the perfectly relaxing, perfectly affordable gift now at HomeMedics.com and major retailers everywhere
4: javier's auto body is colliding with a shortage of licensed techs That
8: 2017 is waiting on a clear coat that 09 needs its left rear sanded pounded and painted and the guy over there is waiting on an estimate
4: it's time to hire i need indeed indeed you do the moment you sponsor a job on indeed you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined according to breezy hr 2019 visit indeed.com credit and get a 75 dollars credit for your first job post terms and conditions apply
2: Check out Check out Rick What's up, man? Yeah, man. <laughs> Talking like that now. Um, lines are available. So get in at 1 800 878 Play. I need to talk about.
6: Uh, Reader.
2: Reader. By the way, I never understood that. And that never happened until they moved back. That people started going, Reader.
3: Raider
2: like if you were walking from like the Bart bridge get off Bart start walking over the bridge the whole crowd Raider I'm like that's a mock that's like Daryl Daryl for Strawberry or Eddie Murphy I got my ice cream and you can't have none cause you want welfare remember that yeah. Read. All right, anyway. <laughs> the Raiders <clears throat> um, crushed Denver 37-12. to 12. And the game plan was to run the ball down the donkey's throat, and that's what they did. And the Raiders ran for 203 yards. Josh Jacob, 112. But how about Devontae Booker? I'm sure he loved... Playing well against his former team. 16 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns for Jacobs as well. And the Raiders intercepted Drew Locke four times. They had three interceptions coming into the season. You might remember a few years ago, they didn't have one interception through 10 weeks until Navarro Bowman was laying on his back and a ball landed on his chest. It's the first time the Raiders have had five turnovers that they've forced in seven years. So the other thing is, is coming into this game, I was saying that I, I kind of like Drew Locke. I think that Denver has found their quarterback. I think he's the guy. Now, I know a lot of people think that Denver really has to take start taking a serious look about Drew Locke as whether they're a guy or not. Um, I think that if you judge him on this game – like I don't watch the guy week in and week out, but if you judge him on this game, I think you need to give him a little bit more. Did he throw some dumb picks? Yeah. Did he try to force a ball in that Jeff Heath jumped the route? Yeah. Did he throw a stupid pass just because he had to right into Carl Nassib's hands? We'll never stop talking about it forever. Yeah, I mean they were bad. They were bad, but their team sucks. Now, you could say the Raiders didn't really get to him that much. The Raiders still don't know how to get a pass rush. They didn't even mention Max Crosby's name until he got a sack, and it really shouldn't even have counted as a sack. He was being blocked, being blocked, being blocked. Drew Locke ran up to the line of scrimmage and ran right into him. I was just thinking the offensive guard would turn around and be like, "What? Just guard? What are you doing? I'm blocking this guy. You're supposed to stay back there. But – the worst pick, of course, had the Broncos moving the ball to the Raiders' five-yard five line and um, had that ugly interception. So the donkeys stink, and am I sad about that? No. There is no team on the face of the earth that I hate more in any sport or any country, I guess that would be face of the earth, than the Denver Broncos. They are the number one most despised. When I hear the word Denver, I barf. When I hear John Denver, I barf. When I hear Bob Denver, Gilligan, I like Gilligan, but I still throw up in my mouth a little bit. They are the natural enemy to the city of Oakland. This is why. I don't care for the Rockies. I don't hate them. I don't care for them because I know there's donkey fans rooting for them. This is why I don't care for the Colorado Buffaloes. By the way, there is no such word as buffalo. The plural of buffalo is bison. But We'll get into that later. Probably not. We won't get into it later. (laughs) I hate the Denver Nuggets. I hate the Colorado Avalanche. I hate it all because I hate the Broncos. Now, do I despise the Chargers? Yes. Do I despise the Chiefs? Yes, I do. And almost all of my hatred is rooted in football. Like, I hate the Angels and, you know, whatever. I hate the Red Sox. But my true hatred is AFC West, which is why I still despise the Seattle Seahawks. Because for years and years and years, they were right there in our division. With the Chargers and the Donkeys and the Chifes. They were right there. Why do you hate them? Because it's hard to just turn off the hate. Now, I'll I'll say this, too, to the kids out there, because the adults, I think it's too late for us. Hatred is baggage. I wish I didn't hate. And I got to say, it's funny how when you get older, at least you should, have a lot more patience. I find that I'm not as fiery as I used to be. Hmm. Testosterone just dripping away. Somebody cuts in front of me on the freeway, I say, you suck, but go ahead. Like Brian Regan driving himself to the hospital when he had appendicitis. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> As he said in that bit, how do you call an ambulance for yourself? Um, alright, I'll leave the door open and I'll just be sitting on the floor here screaming. Okay? Alright, I'll see you in a bit. Okay, bye. <laughs> So anyway, yes, it's a lot of hatred. I understand that. But if you look now at the playoff picture, there are a lot of 6-3 and three teams in the AFC. So like yesterday when Miami was playing the Chargers, normally that would be, oh my gosh, I hope that the Chargers lose that game. But in the grand scheme of things, I knew it was better for the Raiders to have Miami lose. They didn't. We'll get to that a little bit later. But right now, if you look at the divisional leaders in the American Football Conference in the East, Buffalo is at seven and three. <clears throat> the Steelers are at nine and zero. I pulled that one out without Big Ben. The Colts and the Titans are tied on the South at six and three. And then Kansas City is eight and one. Their one blemish: the home loss to—I almost said Oakland—to the Raiders. Um, so now when you talk about remember they're letting in eight teams in each conference So that means four wild cards that would be right now you'd say that well look at the teams they're all six and three miami baltimore cleveland tennessee and the raiders well the raiders i know have the tiebreaker uh over uh, the, Ra- the Raiders have the tiebreaker over uh, Cleveland because they've already beat Cleveland in Cleveland. I don't know what the other ramifications of that, of that are. But teams, can, they still make, can other teams still make a move? The only team that could still make a move is New England at 4-5. and five. I don't see it in them. But the Chargers are done, the Broncos are done, Jacksonville's done, Houston's done, Cincinnati's done, and obviously the New York Jets are done at 0-9. We're starting to see this all shake out a little bit. All right. Charlie's on hold. Charlie, we're going to run to a break. I'll get you right on the other side. Lines are open at 1-800-878-PLAY. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Violet.
5: that's 800-984-4207. Now you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb.
1: Tittle always goes commando.
2: Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast. And let's go out to New York City with Charlie. What's up, my man?
14: Hey, Rick. How are you? Um, yeah, listen. It was a game the Raiders needed to win. They needed to win big. Uh, the first half, I thought the offense was out of rhythm. Uh, it just seemed ch- It just didn't seem in sync. Uh, I think the Heath interception right before the first half uh, helped. Not that the Raiders would have lost the game, but, you know, the longer a game like that stays close, you know, kooky things can happen. I I think the hit by uh, Arden Key on Locke really hurt him, and I was surprised they didn't take him out of the game. Um, He looked, uh, I don't know, you know, he wound up playing the whole game, but I thought that shot by Key really just, uh, I don't know
13: if he bruised
14: ribs or he just looked off. But listen, like like you said, Broncos aren't a good team. Uh, The Raiders left some points on the field. Waller dropped that pass down the sideline. Uh, Hunter Renfro's punt return. I mean, I don't know why, um, what's his name, the, the safety. Abram took that penalty. It was like 20 yards away from the, from, from Hunter, uh, who was the other one? Nelson Aguilar dropped the pass in the, team, in, in the end zone. But, listen, they won. They won by 25 points. Uh, I, uh, I was questioning uh, early in the season, why, uh, before the season started, why they would sign someone like Devontae Booker. But he's, he's a nice common, complimentary piece. And uh, even though maybe some people find it boring, I I love watching when a team runs the ball down another team's throat. They know they're going to run it down their throat and they can't stop. uh, The other benefit of the Raiders running the ball uh, like that is it keeps their defense off the field. So, uh, but listen, their makeshift offensive line is playing well. Uh, Good win. I mean, the Chiefs game coming up, biggest game of the year, uh, but, it was a game they sort of had to take care of business, you know, five turnovers. I mean, you know, you know, I can't, I can't complain. I mean, uh, overall good win. I mean, beat a, you beat a lousy team. I mean, uh, I don't know what else I can add to that other than, you know, car looked okay. Penalty seemed limited, you know, Do you have any uh, parting shots on the game?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you mentioned a couple things. You mentioned the line, and there's no doubt that Tom Cable is a great offensive line coach. I do not like him as a head coach. I do not like him as a coordinator. But when you can take Denzel Good and Parker and that guy Young who looks like an accountant, I mean, he really is a good offensive line coach. And then you mentioned Jonathan Abram. Someone... And I don't know who it is, but somebody has to corral him because he started what turned out to be a fight that got two guys thrown out. He, he plays like he, I don't want to say drugs, let's just say he plays like he's had 10 cups of coffee. And I love the fact that he's yapping and hitting people, but I don't like the stuff where he can get a flag. And it's also with Arden Key. Arden Key should have got a taunting flag and I thought you've had one sack in five years, and you're going to taunt somebody.
14: Yeah, so, I know. I agree.
2: Yeah. So I, I mean, like I said, we're nitpicking. I give the Raiders—if you gave them a report card—they got an A for that game. I mean, it was, uh, it was really a pleasure to just sit back and watch the other team stink. And there's, you're right. There's nothing more demoralizing than not being able to stop the run. And I can just tell you, from playing college football as a safety. If I have to make every tackle, that means they're getting through the front seven. It's demoralizing, and it was so fun to watch the other team look like we usually do on defense. Yes, yeah, exactly. I was saying, I'm used to seeing the Raiders'
14: defense like that. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Abram needs to be lassoed in a little. He needs to be, I mean, I love his energy. I love his, I, love, I, I think he's going to be a great player for years to come, but he needs to sort of, just take drink one less Red Bull before the game or something. Just 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 lasso it in a little. Could channel yeah. that energy a little more because he 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 can hurt that team. And uh, I agree. Um, yeah, that's all I got on the Raiders. Uh, if you have a couple more minutes or a couple seconds, the, uh, I thought the ending of the uh, the Cardinals Bills game, if you saw the ending, the, the Sea of Hands Part Two with DeAndre Hopkins, I thought it was one of the great endings in a regular season game in years. Just the fact that the Bills had scored prior to that, and then with literally seconds left, the Cardinals pulled out that great win. Um, Just and then you know, and uh, another comment on a game last night. I don't think the Ravens are as good as people think they are. They they they're stumbling and bumbling around a little, and uh, so with all this way it's playing out. I mean, right now the Raiders should make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, I think it would be a disappointment. I'll um, oh, say sure. Yeah, anyway, that's all I got, Rick. I'll, I'll hey, thanks go. for the call, Charlie. Appreciate it. Uh, Charlie,
2: Raider fan out there in Hell's Kitchen, Manhattan, good stuff. And the line's available, 1-800-878-PLAY. Yeah, let's just talk about that Cardinal-Buffalo game. And, you know, getting updates. With the Raider game, right when the Raider game ended, they said Josh Allen has just hit a near-miraculous touchdown pass 21 yards to Stefan Diggs to give the Bills a 30-24 to 24 lead with 34 seconds left. <clears> they <throat> kicked off. The Cardinals got the ball at their own 25. I was hoping they would switch over to the game, and they didn't. So all I was thinking was, man, that's Stefan Diggs for a first-round pick, which I questioned at the time. I was like, wow. I mean, Stefan Diggs is an exciting player. Can you be your first-round pick for him? He is worth two first-round picks. And Josh Allen, what a pass, too. Pretty amazing. But, um, so Murray gets the ball at his 25, throws a 14-yard pass to Andy Isabella, who Gruden loved in the draft, took him down to the 39. Then DeAndre Hopkins got a nine-yard pass, pushed him to the 48. And... Then the penultimate play, nine-yard pass Larry Fitzgerald. They got the ball at Buffalo's 43-yard line. Now, (laughs) he rolls left. First of all, he does a little jab step, makes a linebacker or whatever it was, defensive lineman, miss him. And then it wasn't really a dome scraper. It was more of a kind of a line drive type of throw. And three defenders, DeAndre Hopkins, if you haven't seen it, you have to check it out. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins goes up, three guys. He's the one that is able to get both mitts on it and pull it down. And this was the first Hail Mary to end a game in five years. You might remember when um, Aaron Rodgers did it. Um, I forgot who they were playing, but Aaron Rodgers did it five years ago. And it's, it reminds stuff like that reminds me that I'm a football fan. You go, why do you need reminding? Well, because sometimes I'm just a Raider fan. I could give a damn about any other team, but then I see something like that. What do I care about Buffalo and Arizona outside of the fact that I want, whenever an AFC team plays an NFC team, I always want the NFC team to win because I think that that could help the Raiders. That's the way I look at it. Okay. It's sort of like when the Angels play the Giants and... These A's fans root for the Angels to beat the Giants because they hate the Giants so much. And I'm like, are you guys stupid? (laughs) We need the Angels to lose. But anyway, as I said, it's the kind of thing that reminds me why I love football so much. And Kyler Murray, I like. You know, he was a first round pick by the A's, and I mean, it's the, the the Bills did not play a bad game. You know, they got big plays from these little guys like Beasley and then, of course, Diggs. We know about him. But Allen in the second half also topped two interceptions. And then Patrick Peterson dropped two other interceptions. So I'm not saying he played great, but in the end, Josh Allen led them down the field and should have been enough to win that game. And if you think about that Cardinals offense, shut down in the first half. You know, what kind of coach do you hire now? You want a Sean McVay, right? You want a Cliff Kingsbury. You want a young offensive mind. You know, you want a Matt LaFleur. You want a Kyle Shanahan. Denver said, no, we don't. We want the old Italian defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. That's who we want. That's work to treat, huh? not saying the guy can't coach, but it's just so funny to them to go super old school on that hire. But it's also a reminder... It was a dagger to the chest of Bills fans, and then it was also a dagger in the bladder to uh, Houston Texans fans. Because there's your guy that you traded away because the head coach didn't like him. Um, I'll trade you out of here. You can get out. So... And then I like in the press conference, he has got those big dookie braids, and he said uh, the catch was made better by I, <laughs> like I, Claudius, or I, Tanya because he said it was made better by I, not me. I, maybe I'll start uh, like Young Frankenstein. Little boys aren't supposed to play with fire, is they? I still say is they all the time because the young Frankenstein, maybe I'll go with I, but anyway, a a fantastic finish. And this is the sport in our country. So everyone in the country is going to see that and they should, and it sucks for bills fans and it sucks for Texans fans, but everybody else, it sucks for Niner fans too, or other teams in the West maybe, but everybody else, we liked it. All right. We'll take a quick break. Lines are available. 1-800-878-PLAY. Come on back.
8: See better Drive Safer Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts with great deals on wiper blades, headlight bulbs, windshield washer fluid, and more. Get a $15 gift card after mail-in rebate with the purchase of select Sylvania bulbs, plus earn double O-rewards points. Get ready for the weather ahead during See better Drive Safer Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts.
6: O-O-O-O'Reilly Auto Parts.
3: Right now, the Home Depot is home of smart home gifts for smart home gift givers. Like the Google Nest Video Doorbell, the Google Nest Hub, or Google Nest Mini in both charcoal and chalk. Plus, right now, get free two-day shipping on any smart home gift purchases over $45. The top names in smart home at the best name in home improvement. That's smart gift giving. Improved. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only. See store for details.
5: Again, that's 800-516-2499. Paid for by Final Expense Direct.
6: You're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece.
1: Three percent sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100 percent sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
2: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. <clears throat> you know, I don't understand you kids. The iPhone, when it does the weather, and it's always wrong, and I really get mad at it, it'll stop drizzling in 42 minutes. Well, whatever. But Thursday like Wednesday and tomorrow it says 100% chance of rain. It's got the cloud with the little blue lines coming down. And then Wednesday it says 60% with the blue. Then Thursday it has a cloud and then there's two straight white lines under the cloud. What does that mean? I'm going to be abducted by a UFO? Is those like a tractor beam? What the hell is that? I think that's sleet. No. is it snow? No, it's going to be 55 degrees. It's not going to be snow. All right, <clears throat> 1-800-878-PLAY. Other games. Tampa Bay destroying Carolina. Of course, we kind of thought that was going to happen without Christian McCaffrey. Close for a while, but in the end, 46-23. to And, um, I don't know, I mean, Bridgewater did everything he could. But when Carolina, tally just... 20 total yards of offense through most of the second half. I mean, relative to expectations, you could say that Carolina has a long way to go before Matt Rule can turn that team around. So they weren't a disaster, but it just wasn't good enough. And then the Bucks' defense kind of did nothing in the first half, and then in the second half showed up. But Brady and company, they just cruised. 500 total yards in offense, a nice, big, fat, round number. And this, as I said, they were going to be so PO'd after what they showed against the Saints the week before with their five carries, one being a kneel down. So Brady threw for 341, Ronald Jones going for 192, and Tampa Bay was all smiles, and they didn't lose any ground in the division. Uh, a tough one, <clears throat> the Browns over the Texans. And did I get every game right? I don't think I got every game right. I got most of them right. Anyway, got this one too. The Browns beat the Texans. This is a lot closer than we thought it was going to be. And when you think about a bad defensive line that Houston has, and Nick Chubb was back, and Kareem Hunt was back, and by the way, they both went over 100 yards how the hell did Cleveland only score 10 points when Chubb went for 126 and Hunt went for 104? The, the game basically came down to bad fourth and two calls. The first one from the Browns' two-yard line in the first quarter. Now This is the kind of thing that every fan will be like, Go for it! Woo! Sabbath! Skinnered! Woo! Fire it up, y'all! Let me get a bong hit! Why would you go for it in the first quarter? Especially on a field that's wind-whipped, horrible weather. Pick a field goal. But they called a draw that lost two yards. It was run all the way. And when you have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, wouldn't you want some play action? Just give him the chance to use his talents. And then in the third quarter... Also not desperation times. No one has a lead here. That's anything. It's all within one score. The Texans had a fourth and two. But you're too far out, and he tries a 46-yard field goal when the wind gusts were 50 miles per hour. Now that's the time that you might want to go for it. So Romeo Cornell, once again, showing that he's a better coordinator then a head coach. Now the Browns, look, there are ugly wins in the NFL, which are all beautiful. But then there is a level below ugly. And I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> Disgusting. But it's heavy rains, high wins. This was not going to be a game where either team is going to throw the ball. But that worked out perfectly for Cleveland. As I mentioned, they got two star running backs. And, look, it was just enough. And the Texans, you know, when you lose 10-7 on the road, you really got to tip your hat to your defense. But it's not enough. Detroit over Washington 30-27. to Washington made it closer than I, half, than I thought. <clears throat> but the Lions, when uh, they were done at halftime, were leading 24-3. to and this was, um, seemed like it was going to be a uh, another disastrous loss as the Washington football team kept inching back. But then the two Matts saved the day because 16 seconds left to play and the game was tied at 27. Matt Stafford hit, uh, he drove the Lions to the 34, and then Matt Prater, game-winning field goal, 59 yards By the way, Matt Stafford, three touchdown passes, including a 55-yarder to Marvin Hall. The Lions also got some good production from DeAndre Swift. Who's from Georgia, I think, the rookie. 149 yards and a touchdown from scrimmage. 81 on the ground, 68 in the air. It's nice, but if there are moral victories in the NFL, and by the way, there aren't, but you would go ahead and give one to Alex Smith. And it's well documented just how horrifying and gangrenous and diseased and infected his leg was. But this was his first game he started in two years. November of 2018 was the last one. And then he had that injury, which almost ended everything for him. So in between starts, 728 days. What did he do? <laughs> This is why I love sports, because it's just it's these scripts that Hollywood would throw out. He threw for a career high in yards, 390 yards. That's the most he's ever thrown. Alex Smith, normally, like when he was winning games, especially with the Chiefs, and a little bit with the Niners, but especially with the Chiefs, the Chiefs would win, and Alex Smith would have 140 yards passing, probably two touchdowns and no picks. That's an Alex Smith line. That's the old game manager pejorative there. 140 yards passing, two touchdowns, no picks. Alex Smith, at his age, on that leg, threw for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns and stormed back from that 24-3 deficit to tie it at 27-27. And this game will haunt them, not only because they missed a 43-yard field goal but they also lost a fumble that led to a Lions field goal just before halftime when they got it down to the Detroit 14-yard line. So Detroit will do this. Whew, because they really should have lost that game. Green Bay beat the Jags 24-20. This is also closer than we thought. But remember, when you're at Lambeau and you've got Aaron Rodgers and you see you know, Jake Luton coming in, making his first career road start, the Jags were a 14-point underdog. This is why that guy told me, whenever you get a 10-point spread, double digits in the NFL, always take it. Well, it was a 24-20 victory. So obviously they beat the spread by 10 points. But no one gave Jacksonville a chance. But they were able to keep the game close. They got some big plays from their, their defense and their special teams. They got a 91-yard punt return for a touchdown from Keelan Cole. But their defense forced two turnovers in the second half. That led to a touchdown and a field goal. It's just the one thing the Jags couldn't do was move the ball on offense. Longest drive of the day was 43 yards, and that ended in a punt. But the Packers, this is just once again the case of a team subconsciously mailing it in and there'll be a practice they'll say all the right things and the coaches will say all the right things and we respect them and this is dangerous in any given sunday and blah 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 yada 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 jags are dangerous it's all in quotes and then you go out there and you realize <clears throat> you're playing against professionals who are all all-americans in college these aren't just guys that got off a bus these are athletes And the Packers on offense stunk. The special teams stunk. It was really the defense that came through against Jake Luton and company. They held the Jags to just 260 yards on offense. But Aaron Rodgers threw a pick which he almost never does. Devontae Adams, so good, fumbles the ball away. But then, of course, Rodgers comes in. He throws two TD passes, including that 78-yarder and a TD run, that ended up being the difference. And By the way, that, young, that long one went to Marquez valdez Scatling, who had 149 yards receiving on the day. Not too shabby. But as I say, time and time again, I, I watched it so many times when my Raiders stunk and a really good team would come into Oakland. And I always use the example of when the Steelers won the Super Bowl and they came into Oakland and the Raiders won and the world was shocked. I just remember there were a couple plays. I watched Ben Roethlisberger drop back and it, it seemed like the Steelers were going half speed. If you it, it, it's it's a matter about how if you care or not. Why do you think we we didn't win in Vietnam? Wow, Rick, you're getting deep. I know this is a bit of a stretch. It's because they cared and we didn't. We didn't give a damn. None of the, We're just trying to stay alive. That wasn't our cause for them. That was their life. And that was their cause. I don't care how big or how small, if one, if one side cares and the other side doesn't really care, they're not into it. The side that ain't into it is rarely going to win. Now, like in the NBA, you'll see good teams do nothing for a half. And then midway through the third quarter, They're down, you know, 12 points to a lousy team. And they go, all right, enough of this crap. Let's start trying. And then they have winning by eight. It's just, you know, once again, in the National Football League, you're going to have a team like Green Bay. And here come the Jags. The Jags are a disaster. Jake Luton, for Pete's sake. Well, you know, it's just, it's so hard. And we've seen it time and time again to mentally not think that you've already won and you're looking ahead on the schedule that's why i'm glad the raiders didn't do that they could have looked at denver and thought wow we got kansas city next week no no no. take care of business right here you're not good enough to think that way yet right, i'm rick Fiddle. we'll take a quick break and we will come on back on sports byline.
13: You can't be serious, man. You cannot be
7: serious.
1: is a majestic stallion
2: a majestic stallion yes I am thank you so much for that and uh, welcome back we just have a couple minutes left in hour number one or two and uh, there is some news from the NCAA when it comes to the final four they announced this morning when it comes to basketball that they will relocate all 13 of their previously determined preliminary round sites for 2021 March Madness to a single host city. They said, in recent weeks, the Division I Men's Basketball Committee has engaged in a thorough contingency planning process, determining the most effective way to conduct a safe and healthy March Madness for all participants for the 21 championship. Through these discussions, it became apparent to the committee that conducting the championship at 13 preliminary round sites spread throughout the country would be very difficult to execute in the current pandemic environment. The committee has decided the championship should be held in a single geographic area to enhance the safety and well-being of the event. So they apparently have been speaking with the city of Indianapolis and the state of Indiana to have all 68 teams In the metropolitan area, they were supposed to host the Final Four in Indy uh, anyway. But with the pandemic waging on, and the NCAA determined to have March Madness after they canceled it right when we were about to get it last time, Dan Gavitt, who's the Senior Vice President of Basketball at NCAA, said... Well, we have learned so much from monitoring other successful sporting events in the last several months, and it became clear it's not feasible to manage this complex championship in so many different states with the challenges presented by the pandemic. However, we are developing a solid plan to present a safe, responsible, and fantastic March Madness tournament unlike any other we've experienced. Yeah, look down in Orlando, look at the bubble, look what the NBA did. It's smart, and you'd like to think, "Geez, won't it be over by March?" Mm, no, it won't. It's just the way it is, and it sucks. But you got to deal with reality, and they're doing it. I think it's a good idea. I'm Rick Tittle. Take a hard news break. Coming back for another hour of open lines right here.